0: Oh, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 35. But some men will say, How are the dead raised up, and with what body do they come? Notice he said, but some man will say. Because what we're going to talk about here today is the nature of Adam. And the nature of Jesus Christ. And they are different. But in the nature of Adam... What I want you to look at, instead of just seeing Adam as a man, or like the Bible says, the first man, Adam, if you can do this and you have a spiritual mind, look at Adam as a mindset, as a consciousness. And what comes along with a mindset and a consciousness is perception. So Adam's perception of God comes from a perception of flesh or earthly, we'll read that. Okay, But the reason I read in 35 and 36, 36 says, Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened except it die. Now there's a lot of hope in that right there. You say, well, what do you mean? In order to be a partaker of the resurrection, there has to be a death. So two questions for you. Did Adam have to die? Did Jesus have to die? That one's easier to answer, huh? He, he did have to die. Jesus said, except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, talking about his death, it abideth alone. But if it die, huh, then it will bring forth much fruit. Now, isn't that interesting? He said, except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, it abideth alone. In Genesis, the second chapter, what did God say about man? What did he say about Adam, Walker? It's not good that the man should be alone. I'm gonna make him a helpmeet. And you know, we've said this many times before, I'll say it again. Uh, almost all the time, and God had to bring me to this understanding, we look at Eve, just Eve, as being the helpmeet. God prepared Eve to be the helpmeet, and basically, what did she help him do? Die. <laughs> she, God gave a commandment, she didn't keep it, she took it to her uh, husband. He did eat. He didn't keep it either. And God told the truth that in the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Correct? But did Adam have to die? Well, here's the answer. Is there a resurrection without a death? Is there a, uh, what do you want to say, Palm Sunday? Is there a resurrection Sunday? Is there an Easter we can celebrate without Jesus dying, being buried, and raised again the third day? Absolutely not. So here's the good news. We're going to show you the nature of Adam. We're going to show you the nature of Christ. And also at the same time, you're going to say, well, man, I can't see how it's good to be Adam because by one man sinning into the world, that's Adam. Um, it seems like there was so much wrong with Adam and his generations. But if you are put into Adam, you also have a promise and you also have a hope. I'll read it to you real quick. It's the same chapter right here. It was going to be the last verse that I uh, read this morning, but we're going to go straight to it right now. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, let me see here. Let's start in 46, 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, notice again, what does he call Adam? Man, okay? Now, is Jesus a man? Absolutely. There's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. So we start off in the nature of Adam and in the mindset of of Adam, and I guarantee you for every single one of us, we talked about this last week. Our first perception of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is he is a man. And there's nothing wrong with that. But do you know that God's going to take you from just perceiving Jesus as a man to the I am, to a greater perception, to the word of God which was with him, which was him in the beginning? And if you're ready for that, then you're ready to hear what i got to say to you today. We start off natural in the nature of Adam. In sin, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. There's none that understandeth. There's none that doeth good. But if the beginning of being spiritual is being natural, is that a good thing? I'll read to you right here. He says, as you have borne the image of the earthly, so shall you bear the image of the heavenly. That's a promise. So for God to put you in death, and let me say something. There's one prerequisite to partaking of the mindset of Adam. Or to be natural, you still have to believe. You have to believe. You got to believe the Bible. You got to believe the Word of God. And here today, I hope you believe how I'm going to teach you how to f- go from being natural or in the nature of Adam to being spiritual and being a partaker, like Peter says, of the divine nature of God. I- isn't that awesome? See, for most people, when you come to God, uh, you've heard about God. You heard that about the Bible and Jesus Christ and these things, but for most people, depending on what's happened to you in life or how you are raised, some people are just raised in church all their life. But for a lot of people, you hear about God, you simply don't want to go to hell. You don't want to perish. You, you don't want to die without a hope of eternal life, correct? So you're like, I want to fix this thing where I have to die. I want to fix this thing where I have a hope that I will live again. That just being born, living whatever 70, 80, 90 years of my life, uh, doing everything I do, die, and then there's nothing afterwards. No, I want to believe in eternal life. And you should. And there absolutely is eternal life. But what I'm going to talk to you about here today is in your relationship with God, in your walk with God, He is going to take you from one mindset of Adam and the nature of Adam. If you will, he's not going to force you. If you will, he's going to make you spiritual. How how many of you like to be spiritual? And I'm not talking about a, a soothsayer, a psychic, a palm reader. I'm talking about really being spiritual. In other words, having the mind of Christ. Like Paul said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, I may get some flack for this, but I, I don't care. There is no way of being spiritual as God explains spiritual without Jesus Christ. You could say, well, what about all these other religions? What about all this stuff, you know, astrology and all this, you know, what people call spiritual? Do whatever you want to. Look into anything you want to. Go and study. Be a part of uh, uh, the Muslim community, the Buddhist, uh, Hare Krishna. I I don't care. Do whatever you need to do to get where you need to be. But if you're going to listen to me, I'm telling you right now, there is no way in heaven or hell of being a spiritual individual, taking on the mind of God without knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior to start. And then allowing him to take you to a place where you begin to partake of God's divine nature. Are we okay with that so far? All right. 1 Corinthians 15 and 45. I'm gonna start again. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. So you got a mindset of the living soul, man, and he also said Jesus is a man, correct? What I'd like to get into, if we can do it here today, there were many individuals that when they were looking for Jesus to come, as a matter of fact, Paul preached it, uh, Peter preached it, Jesus showed it to um, the woman at the well, he showed it to Martha when he said he was the the resurrection. There are many people that perceive Jesus naturally as Jesus of Nazareth. Is he Jesus of Nazareth as a man? Absolutely. But what you're going to see a pattern of is Every time he showed himself as Jesus of Nazareth or as a man, there was also the intent to take you farther. Yes, I'm a man. Yes, I'm going to lay down my life shed my blood and, and, and be dead for three days and rise again on the third day. But there's more to it than that. And you know what it is? He's not just a man, but he's the word of God that was God, that is with God, that was from the beginning. We've been talking about the I am. And Jesus would say so many times, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the the vine. I am the bread from heaven. I am the fountain of life. He said I am many, many times. All the way going back, Daryl, to Exodus, the third chapter, when Moses is going by the instruction of God to get his son, Israel, out of Egyptian bondage. And Moses wanted to know, well, who do I tell Pharaoh you are? Because he's not going to be happy about this, and he's not going to want to let your people go. Who do I say sent me? He said, you tell him I am that I am. What do you mean I am that I am? That means I can become anything to all men because I'm the word of God. And, and just like when Abraham offered Isaac for a sacrifice, what was his name on that day? Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. Amen. He provides, Bryce, Jesus Christ as the Word of God that goes beyond a man for whatever you need. You with me? But also, Jen taught this, and I've been speaking about it, many times what you need is what God needs. And so did Abraham ask for an heir for his household? And God said it'll be Isaac? Did God need someone... To bring forth the promise, being Abraham, and bringing forth the promise through the seed line of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, through the whole genealogy, through David, as Jesus Christ sits on the throne of David. That's all the natural genealogy starting with Abraham. Can you see that? But he let him know back then, Daryl, I am. Tell him, I am, has sent you, and I will be everything you need. How many of you perceive Jesus Christ as that here today? I am their provider. I am here. He knows what you have need of before you ask. Huh? But do you still ask? Absolutely. Asking it shall be given, seeking it shall find, knocking the door shall be open. So to perceive Jesus as a man is a good thing. To go beyond that and allow God to show you who he is from the beginning, the word of God that was with him from the beginning, in the beginning, all things were made by him. Let's just say it this way, that's better. It's good to be in Adam and his mindset. It's better to be in Jesus' mind and Jesus' mindset. And I'll just tell you plainly, the will of God is in the salvation of the Lord to teach you how to think more godly. To teach you how to think like God thinks, but it all starts natural. And, and this um, concept, I can say, is in many places throughout the Bible. Howbeit, that which is first is natural, that which cometh afterward is spiritual. Did not God say to Pharaoh, Let my son go? Did he call Israel his son, even his firstborn, in the book of Exodus? I believe it's 4 24, 25, right around there. He did. Now Israel, as the son of God, was led into the wilderness by God to be tempted, to be proven, right? How long was Israel in the wilderness? Forty years. And that first generation, I'm going to say it this way, failed. Their carcasses fell in the wilderness, right? So God gave them a promise. They went into the wilderness 40 years and did not come to the promise. God gave it to the next generation. But wait a minute, how about the Son of God named Jesus? In Matthew 4, in Luke 4, was he led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil? How long? 40 days and 40 nights. Wait a minute, Jesus does things a little bit better and quicker than Adam? Huh? Can you see where, howbeit, that which is first is natural as Israel, and that which cometh afterward is spiritual as Jesus? They both had the same per se mission to go through the wilderness, to be tempted, but to overcome, and that which is natural failed, and that which is spiritual achieved. Old Testament, New Testament. Was the Old Testament based on more nature and fleshly, an earthly tabernacle? How about the New Testament? Who's the tabernacle? Jesus. You see how this concept works throughout the whole Bible? It works in you, too, and it works in me. This is our beginning. This is how God starts with us. We know Jesus as a man, as the the Jesus of Nazareth, and it's supposed to be that way. But here's what we would be good to understand. God desires for us to know him as he is. Hmm? To know him as he is. To know his son as the I am. All things made by him for him. Without him was nothing made that was made. Interesting enough, I believe it's Psalms 40 and 8. Lo, I come in the volume of the book. Now David spoke it, but who's he speaking about? Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. Is that Jesus? I'll prove it to you again. You want a New Testament? Jesus said, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they that testify of me. Do you hear that? 66 books. Are all testifying of Jesus? Yeah. Why doesn't it say the word Jesus in the Old Testament? Why, why can't you see it there? Because it's written specifically in the nature and the mindset of Adam in a parable hid from you, and it's revealed and uncovered in Jesus Christ. Huh? Isn't that awesome? So the old is hidden. It's veiled. But what about the new? The veil's rent in twain, which is to say, his flesh, and we see him as he is. And I love this scripture. I've quoted it every time we've talked about this. First John, third chapter, second verse. Beloved, John said, "Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he that we shall be like him. You know what? I sh- probably have to have Walker read it. Beloved." now are we the sons of god and it doth not yet appear what we shall be but we know that when we he shall appear we shall see him as he is and we shall be like him read it carrie I don't feel so bad. I'm trying to quote it. You're reading it. (laughs) It doth not appear what we shall be, but we know when we see him, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Is that it, Carrie? That's the point I want to make. We shall see him as he is. Is he a man? yes. Is he the word of God that can come to us in so many forms to supply God's needs, to fulfill God's will? And the answer is absolutely yes. So to know Jesus as uh, a man, or like so many times in the scripture, what was the revelation they would have, Bryce? That Jesus asked Peter, who am I? Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That's awesome. But let me ask you a question. When Peter saw Jesus, as Christ, the Son of the Living God, did he seem as the Word right there, or was he still perceiving him as man? As man. He perceived him as a man that was going to come and rule and reign as the king of Israel in the earth. And when Jesus was crucified, buried and before he raised again, their perception of Jesus is, He was a man and it's gone, Daryl, It's over everything we've thought everything we've looked for everything we've set our hearts to our whole life's desire we found the christ we found the messiah now he's gone what do we do now and you know what jesus said now i'm going to show you who i really am now you're going to know me as i am as i shall appear unto you oh gosh i got to just jump right to this did i finish reading here in first corinthians No, I'm gonna read down, and then we're gonna uh, we're gonna go from there. Verse 46. How be it that which is not? How be it that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. We've been talking about this concept right here. He said the first man is of the earthy; the second man is the Lord from heaven. Is Adam a man? Absolutely, he's the first man. Is Jesus a man? Absolutely. Was Adam from the earth, though, and Jesus from heaven? So our first mindset and our first perception of anything about the Bible or spiritual is an earthly perception. I'll prove this to you. Let's keep reading. He said, as is the earthy, such are they also that is earthy. So as Adam thought and thinks fleshly, Bryce, or earthly, so will you and I, because it's a beginning. Let me see here. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Is Jesus' mindset heavenly? Is his consciousness and perception of everything about God heavenly? Yes. Now, here's what's cool from last week's study to this week's. Do you know it's in the nature of Adam that we tell God no? Yeah. No, that's good, Sharon. She says, wow. A lot of times in the old days, they just say, hallelujah. Like that, Sharon. Huh? Glory to God. She's getting excited. She gave it a wow, that'll work. Let me read this last verse, because this is a promise. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Where does it start in? It starts with telling God, no, Carrie. In a nature of Adam, a man fleshly of the earth, earthy. Now wait a minute. Was Jesus fleshly? Did he have a fleshly body? Yes, he did. Absolutely. He's a man. Get that into your head. There's one God and one mediator between God and man. The man, Christ Jesus. He had to have that body. As a matter of fact, in one place, Paul talks about that Jesus was made sin that we might be made the righteousness of God. God had purpose in him being man. How how could he die without a body of flesh? Huh? Without an earthly body. Then you say, well, then how could he be resurrected without God doing all of it? This is God's plan. Now take that within. I have been natural for a long time. Okay. If you're perceiving that today and you're understanding that, that tells me you're starting to be spiritual because you're putting the thing together and you're understanding. And you know now that in order to be spiritual, I'm going to have to go from being earthly to being heavenly i got to go from telling God no, you say, well, what do you mean in the nature of Adam we tell God no? Adam was the first one to tell God no, unless you're going to look at Lucifer and, and heavenly things that took place there. He gave him a commandment and said, of all the trees of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Did you realize that's a part of the commandment? Everybody just says, oh, he wasn't supposed to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. No, no, no. The commandment began with, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden. Do you know those trees in that garden were trees of life? Do you know that the tree of life is called wisdom and understanding? Daryl, when the tree of life comes, when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Right, bro? it. It is a tree of life. So when he said, eat of the trees of life, how many trees did Adam eat of? We don't really know, but we do know that he didn't eat of all of them until he of the one God told him not to eat. And the Lord God said unto man, thou shalt not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now you know where the nature of Adam come from. And although he didn't use the word no, he didn't say N-O, in his actions, you guys realize that actions speak louder than words, huh, Robin? Adam speak, uh, actions speak louder than words. God gave him the commandment, and what did he do? He go, He went, followed his wife, she took of the fruit, she ate, gave to her husband, he did eat, and what happened? God told the truth. God told the truth. So in his actions, Rex, Adam told God, no. Have you ever looked at this, and you should, being spiritual, as Adam being the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and Jesus being the tree of life? Huh? Do you want to know God in just a knowledge like Adam did? If I could just explain it to you, you know what Adam did when he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? He tried to figure out God in his own knowledge. How many of you have ever done that? I got both hands up. But when he was telling him to eat of the tree of life, he was telling him to go through Jesus. Jesus is the tree of life which bears 12 manner of fruits, His leave are for the healing of the nations. So Jesus being the wisdom and understanding of God, Bryce, if we listen to His words, if we eat of His fruit, He's going to teach us of His Father spiritually. A heavenly perception, huh? But if we go through Adam, whoo. Remember the thing there? Adam was 40, I mean yeah, Adam was 40 years, Israel in the wilderness. Jesus was 40 days and 40 nights. You know, there's actually a precept under the law there, a day for a year and a year for a day, and that's what Jesus was doing was fulfilling the law of God in the law of life. See, there's a law of Moses, and then there's the law of life that's in Christ Jesus. I just gave you the example. Where, Where would you rather go to come to the promise? 40 years and fail? Or you want to go 40 days and 40 nights and come out like Jesus did in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Have angels ministering to you. Um, I'm picking spiritual. I'm B. B. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Jim, would you rather be like Adam or? (laughs) A or B? Yes, Lamont. Yes, sir. 100%. Lamont said what you're speaking today, what you're addressing today, a lot of the church is struggling. Did I say that okay, Lamont? And I agree with him 100%. Why is that, though? No understanding? Huh? Because we're in the mindset of Adam. That's exactly right. But, you know, I can see God with his arms out and with his hands open saying, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Quit trying to do this yourself. Quit being in man's knowledge. Quit walking in the flesh. You are called to walk in the Spirit. They that are led of the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Right, Bryce? We need the Spirit of Truth to talk to us. We need the Holy Ghost to lead us and to guide us, like Jesus said, into all truth. Right, Edith? Into all truth. There's only one way. There's only one truth and there's only one life. And I will not compromise that. It is Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ only. Amen? Man, where are we at here? Oh, this is so exciting to me. Okay, the concept of first is natural, and then look at what I read in 49. This is the promise. This is a work of God. How many of you also perceived Adam as being a child or being young? He was young. He needed to be taught. That's why he was supposed to get wisdom and understanding, Carrie. But sometimes we change or trade out God's promise and his plan for our own thoughts, Daryl. What we think we know. Huh? That's what Adam did. He ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and God told the truth. He died. But the good news is, now he's ready for a resurrection. So if you've been in the mindset of Adam, and your perception is earthly, it's okay. Because the resurrection is here. Jesus is here for you. What's not okay is to reject the truth, live in the earth forever, die there, and not believe that Jesus is the resurrection and partake of the spirituality that God has for each and every one of us. It would be a crying shame, wouldn't it? It would be a crying shame. Now, that doesn't mean you're lost. Huh? That doesn't mean you're lost. I believe God's bigger than that. I'm saying, do do you want to grow in God? You want to go from being a child. God's not going to lose one of his children, folks. Help me out here. God's not going to lose one of his children or a technicality. But, think about Ephesians 4. He talks about faith. Seven times he says, what? Talks about the um, gifts of, the, of God, being the ministry. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And then he, what does he say those gifts were for? I'll paraphrase it. You take a look at it. Ephesians 4. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the unity of the faith. Watch this. Until we all come to the knowledge of God and the fullness of a stature of a man in Christ Jesus. And then he shows you, because this is what I'm teaching you here today. He said that henceforth we be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine and slight and cunning craftiness of men whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Who's the devil waiting there to deceive? The children, the sons of God when they're young. And notice it says the man, the man. You remember, and this is such good discernment. When Peter confessed, Bryce, that Jesus was the son of God, and and Jesus began to bless him with the keys of the kingdom, that he would build his church uh, on that revelation, on, on what Peter said there, and that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. When Peter said no, we covered this last week, (laughs) Peter was in the nature of Adam. In the nature of Adam, we tell God no. Did Jonah tell God no? Did Peter tell God no? Did Paul tell God no? But did you know what? You know what? All three of them end up going back and telling him yes. Huh? Man, I loved last week's uh, time I got to spend with you guys and what we did there. I put it online last night if you want to listen to it. This definitely complements it and they go together. Let's see here. Yeah, we're almost out of time, folks. I'll have to pick this up after, uh, after Gary gets back here. But what we will show you, and we're going to look forward to going to in Acts, the second chapter, and we'll cover it in more detail, but on the day of Pentecost when God poured out His Spirit upon all flesh, and they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house wherein they were sitting. Jennifer, there were cloven tongues upon their head. There were others that, there that didn't partake like the 120. And they said, what meaneth this? Are these men drunk? What meaneth this? What are they speaking in tongues? How hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? They want to know. What's going on here? Boy, Peter was ready, wasn't he? Anointed of the Holy Ghost, full of the Holy Ghost, Jennifer. He said, this is that which was spoken to the prophet Joel, that in the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall, what? Prophesy. He said, your young men, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions, correct? He said, also upon your handmaidens in those days I will pour out of my spirit. So Peter's telling them what's taking place here. This was prophesied hundreds of years ago by a prophet named Joel. But you know what else he said to him? Oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm gonna say this without getting into these things. We'll cover it more in in detail. When Peter started to explain to him what it was, you know what he did? He went back like Stephen and began to preach it from the old walker. But in, in his exhortation, you know what he said? The Jesus of Nazareth, the man. You did this to Jesus of Nazareth. You had him crucified. But watch this, look at the pattern. He said, Jesus of Nazareth, the man. Is what I'm gonna preach to you and why these things are happening? Jesus of Nazareth, the man. But then you know what he preached to him? The resurrection. He said, this man who you crucified, this man who you did all these things to, become the resurrection. He become the first to ever rise from the dead. He is the fulfillment of all things. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the one. Huh? That's going to save us of our sins. So notice, he went right into it just like the whole Bible does and says, yes, he's the man of Nazareth. He's Jesus of Nazareth, the man. But let me show you who else he is. Jennifer, he's something better. He's the resurrection. How about Paul? He did the same thing. You can read Paul's testimony. in Where are we at, Brittany? Where can we read Paul's testimony of his conversion? Acts chapter 9? Acts chapter 22? Acts chapter 26? You and I have been talking about this. Acts chapter 26, he's testifying to King Agrippa. But each time he's telling them, in Acts chapter 22, go back and read it, when he testifies of his conversion on on the road to Damascus. See, remember we talked about our actions tell God no? Paul, until his conversion, only looked at Jesus as a man. And not just a man, but a false prophet. But a a liar, a deceiver. That's how Paul looked at him. You know how uh, Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus? as a light isn't he not the light of the world he said I am the light of the world (laughs) he appeared to him as a light and you know when he testified I believe it's 22 and 6 he said Jesus of Nazareth the man appeared to me and Paul asked him who art thou Lord now notice at this at this second Paul is in the mindset of Adam And he's like, Jesus has always been a man to me. But whoever's doing this right now, wherever this light's coming from, that's the Lord. I need to know who you are. And you know what Jesus said, Carrie? This is so cool. I am Jesus of Nazareth. I am Jesus of Nazareth. So how does he start? Yes, Paul, I am a man. Yes, I am natural. But then what does he show him, Daryl? I'm the Lord, I'm eternal. I'm the existing one. I am that light from man. It is I, Jesus, whom thou persecutest, Saul. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And this is so awesome. I wish everybody that came to God could do this. Paul simply realized, I don't know everything. Anybody ever come to that conclusion? I haven't figured God out. I believe this is true. Who art thou, Lord? It is I, Jesus of Nazareth what wilt you have me to do? You hear that, Bryce? It's in the nature of Adam we tell God no, and it's in the nature of Christ that we tell him yes. And we do all his will. There's so much more to talk about. You remember Martha in John chapter 11? Huh? Lazarus, he was dead for four days. You know what's interesting? <laughs> when he went, Daryl. She even said, after he told her she was a resurrection, he said, roll back the stone. And she's like, Lord, he's st- been dead four days, he stinketh. How, what is she looking at Lazarus as? What is she looking at Jesus as? Men. He just told her on the resurrection, if you believe it, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And if you can handle this, he that believeth me, Daryl, shall never die. That's what he told her. <laughs> I'm going to leave you with this. Carrie, she said, it's been four days. You know, the Apostle Peter says, a day with God is as a thousand years and a thousand years is a day, right? How long was it from Adam to Jesus? 4,000 years. How long was Lazarus in the grave before he was resurrected? Four days. Is the concept a thousand years is a day and a day is as a thousand years? Absolutely. Absolutely absolutely and what did the resurrection do called him forth out of the grave bound with a napkin and called him forth daryl and raised him from the dead and proved to her exact and all those jews they begin to believe i am i am the resurrection and that sets up 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 beautifully for a wonderful wonderful celebration next week We will celebrate the resurrection, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We will celebrate that yes, we may have been in the nature of Adam, but we're on our way to being in the nature of Jesus Christ. I may have started off natural, I'm on my way, Brittany, to being spiritual. How about you? I know you are, you know how I can tell? Your speech. You don't talk the way you used to a year ago. How about you guys? The way you think. As a man thinking in his heart, so is he. Any questions or quickenings before we go today? We need to have everything out of here by 12 o'clock. And we got plenty of time, so spend some time fellowshipping. And I'd uh, love to have everybody back. And if you all brought somebody with you, that would be even, would be even greater. Or Carrie, that would be better. <laughs> Jesus is better, huh? Do <laughs> You know there's a better resurrection, don't you? Wait, One of these days we'll talk about that better resurrection. Nothing? Everybody good, Tim? Everybody online? Okay, God bless you folks. Have a wonderful week. Please, if you can, come back next week and let's, uh, let's celebrate Easter together.